0: This week in the '90s podcast.
1: Okay, welcome to episode five. This week in the '90s podcast. <laughs>
0: Hi, I'm Sarah Tiana. Hey,
1: it's Chris again. Great to see you. Um, uh, you're wearing my hat. I'm wearing your hat, and I'm wearing a free shirt that I got from Jim Harbaugh. So,
0: okay,
1: what's up? There's no way you, you think pay-
0: Jim Harbaugh bought you that bought that shirt.
1: I think that he, yes, hard-earned dollars that he gets from the state of Michigan paid for this shirt. Yeah. That's it what I think. Like real, That's what I think. You
0: should be wearing khakis, too, just to, like, really well, please him. Maybe
1: I am wearing khakis. We'll never know, because it's, like, below this line.
0: No, oh, you're not wearing khakis.
1: Did you pay for the shirt that you have on?
0: Yeah, this is a Falcon shirt. Mm. It is. It's a Falcon like, a... Vintage, like, retro shirt or whatever.
1: Oh, all I see is a giant L on it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. sure. Hey,
1: it's This Week in the 90s podcast, and we are back for episode five, like we said. Uh, I'm going to steer today, if you don't mind.
0: I don't mind. Okay,
1: August 30th to September 5th. That's the week we're focusing on, and the year is... 1997.
0: Ooh, that's a first for 97. 1997.
1: I think this is our first odd year.
0: Yeah, I feel like it is our first.
1: I, have yeah. we have we only done even so far?
0: Feels like it.
1: Feels like it, right? Okay, we're doing odds. 1997. So, uh, first week of September, end of August, 97. Where were you? I like playing this game.
0: Oh, 97, August.
1: So probably senior year of school. No, first year of college? No, this is my... Second year of college. <laughs> hey, bless Excuse you. Me,
0: I have the Rona. Uh, no, I, um, I would be my sophomore year of college. Okay. About to start my sophomore year of college. I was doing a show called What's Up Rock. Hey. <laughs> which was a spinoff of What's Up Duck at Six Flags Over Georgia. So it was like, I was playing Daffy Duck. I'll post a picture of that.
1: Wait, so you wore the Daffy Duck costume? Mm
0: hmm. We were in a band wow. called What's Up Rock, and it was a kids' show. At that Six is Plus. amazing. <laughs> yeah. <And> so <laughs> I think I lost like 15 pounds that summer because I was the, like dancing outside in a costume. In that every giant day.
1: heavy suit. Mm-hmm. Was it heavy? Was it hot?
0: I started out as Taz playing the drums. Okay. And he had to have like broomstick handles <laughs> because when I they first gave me drumsticks, I was like, You can't even feel them. They were too small in your hand, so I had to like have these like broomsticks or whatever. And then he had like this this giant Velcro head that went like all the way around me, and like these two like um, not styrofoam, but they were like like squishy like material that went over your shoulders, and that's how you made everything move. (laughs) And then we had to um, take all these tests. We had once we passed the autograph test then we could sign autographs, because like, the autographs had to look the same at every park, so you had to memorize how to write the the name. Oh, interesting. I think I still know how to write Taz and Daffy. Wow. Yeah. I really think you missed your calling
1: <laughs> as a... Uh, those yeah. are Warner Brothers characters,
0: right? Yeah, that yeah. was when Warner Brothers still owned. Wow. Yeah, because Batman uh, had just come out, and that summer or whatever was a big blockbuster that summer yeah and so like they t- we had the they turned a part of the park into like they 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 created the batman ride They built the batman ride which was where your legs dangle right. and then we had a ride over there that was already there called the mind bender and they changed it to the riddler's mind bender, oh. and they painted it green and it was
1: the only time i've ever been to six flags i went to six flags new england and we're on the Superman, and it's the scariest thing of all time.
0: You're not a roller coaster person. I'm not a roller coaster person. person. Yeah. I
1: did go on that first <laughs> and only time I've ever really been on a roller coaster. Uh, and it goes straight up, and then it kind of pauses for a split second. And you're like, oh, cool, this is great. Look how high. Oh my God. And then you go flying <laughs> down at like 70 miles an hour straight into a hole in the ground. Right.
0: Yeah, Yeah, no, it's super scary. Yeah, Yeah, because I remember also, like, my grandmother had recently gotten one of her legs amputated from diabetes. and like So she had, like, a fake leg, and I kept being like, go on the Batman ride. (laughs) See if it was really that sturdy. She'd be like, she'd just laugh. Did she do it? No. 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 That would have been funny. No.
1: Okay, so I'm going to look at August 30th to September 5th. Like I said, 1997. Now, here's the deal. Not hmm. a, Not a lot of great stuff was going on here. Actually, there were two huge deaths that week, so I'm gonna kind of focus on fun. those wall. yeah, but I'm gonna do it in an interesting way. So one of the deaths is is huge, enormous. We actually talked about her last week, but I'm gonna focus on the other person oh. who passed away and the and then at the end of the week, uh, another huge death. but I'm gonna focus on a, a very interesting. Aspect that I learned about her. So two famous women died this week. On August 31st, Diana Prince of Wales and Dodi Fayette, her maybe fiance.
0: I think I know who the other one is because I remember this. Probably.
1: Uh, So they were in a tragic car accident in Paris at the beginning of the week in 1997. And then at the end of the week, September 5th, Mother Teresa passed away Mm -hmm. at age 87.
0: See, I always thought that they died on the same day.
1: Not the same day.
0: Because I remember her, because I remember when Michael Jackson died and Farrah Fawcett died. Yep. And then in sh- her death completely got overshadowed. And there was, by the time Mother Teresa died, there was still so much funeral progress. Like the whole world was just mourning that her death just got glazed over. And I was like, is there nothing, there's like nothing more Mother Teresa than to just right. die like. So nobody talked about it. Yeah. it was like very. much? Yeah, she was
1: a week. She was a week later, and uh, you know her oh. funeral stuff uh, went on in India, but everyone was still, you know, going on and on in mourning for Princess Diana because then shortly thereafter, Elton John switched the song around, right. and then that kind of dominated. We'll touch on that later on uh, in this episode. But uh, first off, I wanted to talk about Dodi Fayed because I don't think a lot of people even really oh. mm-hmm. know about this guy uh, or know much about him. Uh he was forty-two years old.
0: God, that's so that's how old I am.
1: it's crazy. And Diana was 36 when the yeah, accident she was happened.
0: 36. Which is crazy
1: because you you think that she lived such a full long life. Yeah, yeah. Uh you she know, did being so kind of British life. royalty. Yeah, she did a lot. Uh this guy actually he was kind of fascinating. Son of a billionaire. Son of an Egyptian billionaire and got into the movie business. He was um he was a producer and produced a bunch of movies and then uh so his father was a huge was a billionaire he owned harrods department store
0: Harrods I knew that about I remember he was like from like some I thought it was like Hermès or something but it yeah Harrods Yeah makes sense. Harrods
1: department store I
0: vaguely he, remember there being like um like uh Memorial set up outside of Harrod's, Mm -hmm. like where people were. There was
1: there was a couple statues that ended up uh, getting erected. His father also owned the Hotel Ritz in Paris, (laughs) and he owned the Fulham Football Club, which he later sold to Shad Khan, who's the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh wow! Yeah, and his mother was Saudi Arabian. His father was Egyptian.
0: Did we go to that Ritz when we were in Paris? I feel like we, yeah, we stopped we in
1: there. We stopped in there. So he helped produce uh, Chariots of Fire, Breaking Glass, Hook, and the Scarlet Letter. Uh, mm-hmm. So personal life, he was married before. He was married to a woman, and they had uh, no kids, but they were only married for eight months. Then, which is kind of interesting, early in 1997, he was engaged to an American model, someone named Kelly Fisher, and they were, se- they were uh, actually set to get married in July of 1997. Okay. And had bought a house in Malibu with money from his father. Uh, and then two days before the wedding, he reportedly broke it off after pictures of him and Diana surfaced, of them hanging out together, and then broke it off, and then was... Probably with Diana for like a month reports that he had an engagement ring that he purchased the day before uh, for Diana, and then they were involved in the tragic accident. She actually, this model, Kelly Fisher had actually uh, sued him uh, for breach of contract I was suit say. right because yeah. they were engaged I was and then after their death she she dropped it.
0: Do you think like a little part of her was like, not happy that Diana died, but happy that he died. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess when
1: you're about to be married to a billionaire's son, there's probably a and little then part get left of And you left at
0: the altar. And left you're at like, the
1: altar for, the, for Prince Diana, though. Like, how can you really get mad? You definitely like, don't. You lost to someone clearly better than you.
0: I mean, yes, for sure. I mean, Diana was like a saint as well and like a really nice right, girl. Right, and
1: kind of an amazing person
0: probably too good for this doty guy
1: <laughs> probably it seemed like he was a little like, like kind a of a serial like kind of a playboy a little two-timer going on he was dabbling in hollywood his dad owned a soccer team he was I mean, probably there's no way like when you're a billionaire place, right? and this
0: is not to be spe- like speak ill of the dead but like when you're a billionaire and you don't know what else to do with your money you're like oh i'll just invest in movies and then i can meet celebrities
1: Probably. A lot of billionaires. I mean, I would imagine that, I would do which that. Which is great
0: for the movie business because they always need money from somewhere. Right. And so usually so it's like a lot some of stuff. Right. poor schlep from, you know, London. Yeah. Or, you know, the Middle East. And then they're like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll meet Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, but I can imagine being this girl, and yeah, then like exactly. hearing he's in a car accident, not hearing that he was with Diana, and then being like, "Good." <laughs> well, but then finding out it was Diana and being like, you know,
1: I feel like wasn't he kind of the afterthought? Like, oh, he was also in the car because yeah, so, so much sure. of the news coverage was about Diana. But being she would in have heard car.
0: first about the. I'm saying the girl, the ex. Oh would yeah, have heard maybe first about. Yeah, maybe. Doty, but so
1: like, do you remember anything about this back then? I'm sure. Oh, I
0: remember because, well, because I went to Paris like two years later okay. where the car accident was, which we saw on the yeah, bridge. Yeah, we saw as
1: well. There's a, uh, a nice. There's a big uh, memorial. A big plaque like, and a memorial, yep.
0: There's a big flame that's on the, uh, like, statue flame. I don't mm-hmm. know what it's, memorial on the bridge. And um, so when I went there, it was two years later, and there was still, like, people are still putting flowers and stuff there. And, like. I just remember, like, the whole world just kind of stopped. I mean, until yeah. Kobe Bryant died, I don't feel like there was an ever a bigger international death. Well, I would say Michael Jackson would have been. Yeah, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, Jackson think, for sure. And then Kobe. So, like, it seems yeah. like every ten years, there's, like, some giant, awful tragedy. And then this week, Chadwick Boseman, which I think is another huge loss. You huge. Know? But, like, yeah, a huge loss. Um, I remember... There were just always these pictures of her. She was always in the press, you know? Always. Like, yeah, always. everywhere. People magazine seemed I remember, like she was
1: on the cover every other week, it felt like.
0: Yeah, because she, like, shortened her skirts two inches. Like, <laughs> they were always below the knee. And then once she got divorced from Prince Charles, they were, like, above yeah. the knee. And then you
1: started seeing pictures of her in bathing suits and, like... Yeah, out on and, the yacht out, with Dodie.
0: Yeah, out and about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I think... When you're from the royal family, it's probably very comfortable to date a billionaire because a billionaire isn't fascinated by,
1: you know, Someone isn't like money. enamored, right. you right. know what right. I mean? Right.
0: Like by other people with money. And sure. so it's kind of like just like this a little bit more relaxed, I would think, dating atmosphere or whatever. And he was a good looking guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just remember like pictures of her in bathing suits surfacing yeah. and, um, you know, they're there were tons of conspiracy theories that like, she wasn't really huge. Yeah. yeah. And, um,
1: I mean, obviously a huge investigation and in all this, the paparazzi gets blamed, uh, well, for cause sure. Cause they were tagging them along and, they, you know, cause they were flashing just the lights, them the and, driver. Flashing the lights. Yeah. and then, and then of course, you know, they tried to really pin it on the driver, the chauffeur, they say, they claimed that he was driving under the influence and all of alcohol and prescription drugs. Um, and then, uh, Dodi Fayyad's father, Mohammed Al-Fayed, he uh, he actually went even further and claimed that he was they were executed by MI6 agents, wow. which is basically, uh, you know, the British undercover uh-huh. FBI. So, you know, why did
0: he think that? Like, what I the actually purpose of MI6? I actually
1: didn't uh, didn't get didn't dive into that, but I just
0: that seems like a dark hole. It seems
1: like a, <laughs> it seems like a dark web hole that I uh, that I don't really want. Uh, any part of uh, Dodi-Fed's former spokesman like I said claimed that the couple had become engaged uh, possibly the day before maybe a couple of days before they were going back to London after spending about 9 or 10 days together on holiday as they call it over there and made a stopover in Paris mm-hmm. when, it, when it happened you mentioned the memorials at Harrods the, uh, the father had two erected it in uh, April of 1988 Photos of two of them in a pyramid shaped display that mm. holds wine glasses, uh, smudged with lipstick from Diana's last dinner. As well they
0: were leaving dinner. As right. well as
1: the ring that he had purchased the day before. Yes. And the second, which was unveiled in two thousand five, is a ten foot high bronze statue of the two dancing on a beach.
0: Do you think when you give a princess a ring, she's like, hmm? <laughs> Well, she had the crown jewels, right? So
1: yeah. I gotta think she, she didn't get to seen, keep all of them. She didn't get to keep all of them or any of them. I forget what you said last week, but no. she has literally seen the greatest of the greatest jewels that there ever been in the entire world.
0: Yeah, so I'm like,
1: and so, uh, oh man, I, I would love to find the picture of the ring that he. If I find it, I'll you'll post. I'll it. put it right here, and then if I can find it. But yeah, I wonder. You mentioned Kobe Bryant. I wonder if it's as big as Kobe's I'm sorry ring that he bought for <laughs> Vanessa. You know, that thing was enormous.
0: I don't understand enormous diamond ring. Like, I... I, I That's well, great news for me. <laughs> yeah. So. Right. In the next 40 years when you decide to... Oh, let we'll see how long it takes. <laughs> for you to save up. Yeah, that's exact. what you're doing, exactly. saving up. Just so everyone out there knows, Chris bought me this ring one time, and he handed it to me up here so that I wouldn't be confused that it was a different kind that's of ring. Definitely not. True. It is true. It is, oh
1: man, you like to twist the truth <laughs> about what actually goes on, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay.
0: But you handed it to me up high. <laughs>
1: you were sitting, and it was. Waist high for me, so it looked like <laughs> you had to reach up because you were sitting down on a couch. Uh,
0: true or false? Did. I was sitting down Thank on the couch, you. Exactly. but it was still like I had to. It was like in the bag, and the receipt <laughs> was still in the bag. Like there was no like, hey, this is like something special, and it it was something special. Okay, well, don't discredit. You wh- didn't cause... want me to think that it was something other. That's
1: not true at all.
0: <laughs> it is true. <laughs> But it doesn't wow. matter. You are my diamond. I don't need a uh-huh. diamond. I don't need a dime. That's what I was trying to say. Is that like b- large diamond, Like I just feel like
1: yeah. What is the point, kind of?
0: The, I just like don't like like people think. Like, yeah, but when you you're also don't like don't. super
1: gaudy jewelry.
0: No, no, but I just don't like that kind of attention. You know what I mean? Like when I, you have a microphone your whole life, you don't need attention for other things. Like you already command attention on a stage. That's true. Like I just like don't like, I'm like starting to itch right now because I'm like, I don't like wedding. Just thinking about it? Yeah, Yeah, just thinking about people looking at me for a a reason other than me just like performing and doing stand-up. So like. Okay. But my question was like her. Getting a ring. And not
1: being impressed. Or just being like, oh, that's nice.
0: Oh, thank you. Like, <laughs> like maybe he thought they were engaged, but... Maybe. Like, who doesn't want to ask a Diana to marry them the oh, moment yeah, she course. says, yes, I'll go on a date with you? Yeah, right. Like, you're not gonna... Maybe you. You would be the guy that would play hard to get with I'll Princess like, Diana. Oh,
1: hey, Diana's texting me. <laughs> well, I'll make her wait a couple <laughs> yeah, hours.
0: You are <laughs> the worst. <laughs> You're the worst at dating. I can't even. Hey, what- Diana sent me
1: a nude. I won't respond.
0: <laughs> a nude. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't even imagine Diana texting, but like. Well,
1: they're, they're, she probably never got the chance. No, she
0: never got the chance. Yeah. But.
1: What do you uh, think Diana's uh, Raya profile <laughs> would look like?
0: Well, we might. Like, l- they say, too, that like President Trump was like still like. Angry at the British royal family because Diana would never go out with him. He wanted to date her, like famously date for her for so long, and she was like, "No." He was like married the whole time. Oh, do you think he cares? Well, no, no, I don't think he cares. (laughs) But but yeah, I mean, he was just like enamored with her, and she was like, "No." She probably would have gone out with Elton John first. (laughs) 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 But
1: yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, I don't know what. I I mean, it would have been. I mean, obviously, like I wish she were still alive because. I think she would have yeah. been like this incredible. Yeah. She was already such a good will ambassador, and she did so much for the AIDS crisis in the eighties. And uh, she she really was like a like a a rich saint, as opposed to Mother Teresa, who was like a you know non rich royal yeah. saint. You I know, mean, Diana would crazy. have
1: been fifty nine right now isn't that crazy to, to think about she would
0: have looked exactly the same she probably I think exactly I think that same. she was always older because she had short hair and two kids
1: yeah well also <laughs> so I think I also think people in the 80s and 90s just looked older than we do mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. at the same age you know
0: well yeah plus you know we were what you know like I was like 19 years old when she died yeah, so to 17. me she's like 37 seems so old so old so old, twenty years older than me. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah,
1: yeah. And then at so then uh, at the end of the week, Mother Teresa passed away. Uh, she was also very old. She was eighty-seven. Um, of Does course,
0: she also died in a uh, car accident. Yeah, in she was being
1: chased <laughs> by the paparazzi in a limo with her older movie star, <laughs> her, you know, movie producer boyfriend. <laughs> Uh no, but of course you know she's Indian uh, missionary saint, all that fun good stuff. But in reading about her, there was so much to to read to read about her, of course. But one thing kind of struck out to me in in her biography, um, in her early years she was fascinated by stories of lives and missionaries and their service, um, uh, and by age twelve, she was convinced that she should commit herself to a her religious life wow. at age 12. Now, this is kind of what I want to ask you. <laughs> if you can remember back to being 12. Oh, okay,
0: wow, that was a long time ago. What,
1: what do you remember, or if you can, that you wanted to do for your career? Like, what did you want to do with your life when you were 12 years old
0: i think when i was 12 i actually was going to church for the first time because that was like eighth grade right wouldn't that be uh 12 would
1: have been 12 would have been yeah like seventh eighth grade depending yeah
0: yeah so i actually went to church for the first time i got kicked out of two churches growing up
1: (laughs) it takes a very special person to get kicked out of church (laughs) Uh, just, uh ma'am we're going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs>
0: they politely asked me to go try another church. Because I had co- I came in. My, my parents were really great. Like they always they never told me what religion they were. They were always like you're really smart. You can figure out whatever whatever you want to be, you can be. Yeah. And when I was in like 7th or 8th grade, I was like I want to go to church like all my friends went. So okay. I, I wanted to just go hang out with them and right. do whatever they were doing. Okay. And so, but I, so I had to kind of start like Bible study, like at the very beginning. So there were like seven year old, six and seven year olds in my class. And you so know? you're this
1: like 12 year old in the, yeah. with all the young And kids. I'm
0: like, I got this. I'm going to be this. You're basically
1: one. the Billy Madison of church. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. And so... <laughs> You know they're like telling all these. Sto- I've never heard any of these stories before, and so I my brain is keyword older.
1: stories. Yeah, like
0: my brain is older, and so they're like talking about Adam and Eve. You know, and I'm just like, I can't even get past a guy alone in a garden. Like I'm just like, <laughs> like I'm just like, what are like, you like? Like dudes about? don't
1: garden. Is that what I'm you're just getting-
0: like, why is he alone? And was he mad at his wife? You know, like when my dad and mom were kind of arguing, my dad just goes and. Fiddles with the garden outside, sure, sure. and they're like, "No, no, no! You know, he didn't have a what? You know, like yeah, they had to make him." And I'm like, "Make her like from what?" And they're like, "His rib." You know, I was I was asking like which rib. You know, <laughs> how did they do it? They pull, you know, and like none of the other kids are asking any questions. No, because they're, they're just... seven and they don't care. You always shout. Sorry, <laughs> I'm very loud. <laughs> yeah, so I. Yeah, they're seven. They don't care. I'm skeptical. That's what my parents, that's the religion my parents taught me. It's like, just ask ask a lot of questions. Ask
1: questions, right.
0: Well, they like, well, maybe your questions would be better answered at the Baptist church down the road. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you know, and then I go there. (laughs) Sir, I'm like. Maybe they're, they're right. Like, they're adults. They know what they're talking about. Right. So then I went there and asked the same thing. And they said, you should try the Methodist Church. And I'm like, that's where I started. Like, this is not.
1: Yeah, they just sent me to you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, mm-hmm. then that's when I stopped going. That was, like, a couple years. But well,
1: but did do you have any notion? But when of, I was 12, Yeah, I notion of what you wanted to do with, like.
0: I think when I was 12, like. So that would have been, yeah, around nine, like I definitely thought like, um, no, I think I thought I was going to be like an actress in movies and stuff like that Mm -hmm. when I was really, and then I got more into journalism the older I got when CNN became a thing and my dad really kind of like, was like, you'd be great as like a news anchor. And then, um, so I went to school to be for, as a journalism major and then like ended up changing to. Entertainment journalism, which led to film, which led to me majoring in film and go. theater. Yeah.
1: There you go.
0: Do you remember? Yeah, I think...
1: So 12, we would have been living in Alaska, so I was staying up and watching uh, Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann on Center. So I think <laughs> when I was 12, I was convinced that I was going to be on ESPN someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gave out... Uh, the teacher gave out awards in, um, for fifth and sixth grade and fifth grade I got sports announcer and sixth grade I got most competitive because she didn't want to give me sports announcer two years in a row Oh, and so I think that's uh I kind of knew at an early age what I wanted to do. Um, maybe I thought I was still gonna like be a professional baseball
0: player. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. I definitely also thought I was going to play women's basketball, be the oh. first women's professional basketball player. Oh, okay. And you. then my teacher was like, Well, there's already women's professional basketball and I was like, Oh. You're like, oh. So then I won't be the first. <laughs> I think I just like was like, Well, it's not that cool then. <laughs> <laughs> But you definitely – I can imagine you, like, going into pro sport. You are really athletic Yeah. So tall. Yeah,
1: so I thought that uh, – I think I still thought I was going to be a professional baseball player or something, but in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, but if it doesn't work out, I'll just be a sportscaster. Like, we watch the local news. I was like, that's super easy. They're just reading. It's like, I, I can do that.
0: Does a part of you ever think, like, if, if a bunch of shit went down and the Dodgers or the Red Sox – The Red Sox needed somebody and they were like, we've went through a thousand people.
1: (laughs) Like right now, like as a 40 year old, I guarantee I could pitch one inning for the Red Sox (laughs) and I would not do any worse than those slap dicks are doing right now.
0: What about hitting?
1: Uh, Hitting, I wouldn't touch the, I wouldn't even come close. I probably wouldn't even foul one off. Would you be batting 11th? (laughs) (laughs) It's also been a while since I've. Stepped into the plate against real pitching. I mean, we went because the- of
0: coronavirus. Yes,
1: I've, it's been you know it's been a while. Since you can't I've- get
0: on a ball field.
1: <laughs> I can't get out there and take some acts. Do I get to use an aluminum bat? No. Everyone else gets to use wooden, but I get to use aluminum. <laughs> yeah. What's funny is uh, Nelson Cruz, the guy from the Twins, we're the same age, and he leads the net American League at home runs. Wow.
0: Don't you and your friends have that thing about, like, making a basket in the NBA or something? Oh, so
1: we think our, – our friend Parker, uh, he thinks that he would score one point during an entire NBA season. He thinks Oh, a that-
0: whole season, I think so. What you would just luckily get fouled? No, yeah, you would get no, fouled. he wouldn't, yeah, he would. <laughs> you would get no. fouled, he's tall and gangly, like he would get fouled, yes, but he's also, on sl- accident. He's
1: also slow, like a sloth. And That's like, why he'd get fouled compared he, somebody to these guys get, out there. would
0: trip him on accident, they would trip over and him. they would just
1: let him shoot. See, yes, I don't think there's any chance that he would ever come close, even if he got fouled, or let's say, <laughs> let's say, after like. The 30th game of the year, this got out, right? That we have this massive bet with our friend, right? And the team, let's let's just say he plays for the Lakers, and the team let him shoot every technical foul for the rest of the season, which is normally anywhere between like one and four a game. He'd be so nervous and knock-kneed up there. He would throw up air ball after airball. With all due respect, of course. I love the guy, but like
0: Don't do the all with all He altars. has
1: no chance of ever scoring. Even if they gave him wide open shots, he he it takes him forever to get his shot up. It would get blocked. What about ten your- times out of ten.
0: That's not nice to say about Parker. I,
1: I understand. But, but it's just it's just fact. Like all of us, none of us.
0: You don't ever think you score. could? I,
1: mean,
0: I if- think I could. You think? <laughs> I do. How would you? I think you- I'd get ca- fouled. But how would you score? I had a free throw.
1: Are they just giving you the technical fouls, or are you actually like dribbling and then you get fouled?
0: I'm dribbling and I get fouled.
1: I mean, no I'm- chance. They could. They could. There they would just. There is
0: a zillion Kawhi percent chance. Kawhi could just chance. do this and
1: take the ball from you.
0: No, we can't. You ever tried to take something from me before? You can't get it. Took I don't your care how st- t- I took your soul. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you can't, no.
1: See, this is the problem with. I'm them. a prude. I don't give this things the- <laughs> up easily. <laughs> That's true. This is the problem with regular people. They think they're the same as professional athletes.
0: In, I do not in think no I'm the same. No way are you. Are you set a whole season. But you, you think didn't say you could game. score?
1: You think you could score in an NBA you said game? One point.
0: Yes. The whole season. Okay. Yeah
1: what if what if in the nfl what if you got how many 800 games what if you got five carries a game do you think you would ever get one yard in the nfl no (laughs) what's the difference between that and scoring in an nba game in
0: the nba if i get a free and clear shot with a free throw that's different than just like getting a lane in football like you would that doesn't just open
1: everyone everyone would be so nervous I wouldn't be that nervous. Because you know you have this bet riding on it.
0: You wouldn't even come close. I wouldn't get nervous. I don't get nervous. And I get two shots. So I got 50-50 chance each time. When
1: we can go back outside and shoot baskets at places, we are going to record you shooting 100 free throws. (laughs) Okay. And we're going to see how many you make when just I'm standing there with a camera. Okay. Okay.
0: And then we should just take bets over under how many you think.
1: We'll take bets. We'll let everyone else uh, su- submit their uh, guesses on what they think. And the winner gets us get something. They get that fake Falcon shirt you're wearing. All right. Uh, some sports stuff going on then before we get to the kind of the, the fun stuff to, to close it out. Okay. Um,
0: I thought you were all done. I thought you were like, those are the only two things that happen. No, no, no. I
1: mean, there was some I want to get to the movie of the week and, okay. and, the, and the top song. And then uh, just a couple of sports things. Uh, Don Mattingly had his number 23 retired on August 31st this week by the New York Yankees. 1997. 1997. And then uh, it was the week one of the National Football League season on August 31st. A lot of fun stuff happened in week one of the National Football League. That year, Neil O'Donnell threw for five touchdowns for the Jets.
0: Neil O'Donnell, one of my favorite quarterbacks. (laughs)
1: uh my dad threw uh punched a hole in our ceiling uh one year because of neil o'donnell <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs> because of neil not because of rosie o'donnell because no like no neil because of neil o'donnell years so, later it was rosie
1: uh yes yeah, so years later it was because of rosie but actually before neil o'donnell played for the jets he played for the steelers and uh he was the quarterback one year when the steelers played the cowboys in the super bowl and neil o'donnell threw like three terrible interceptions like like, interceptions where you're thinking, okay, this guy's definitely on the take. Like, someone's paying him to throw the game.
0: Oh, like, directly to that It person. was, like,
1: directly to this guy, Larry Brown. Mm-hmm. And um, one a- after the last one, we had one of those drop ceilings with those tiles, you know, and my dad jumped up and punched one. <laughs> it was, like, we had it like, fell. We had to, like, put it back together. We never really fixed it. I can't it.
0: even imagine your dad getting angry about anything. Oh, so my like... goodness.
1: My dad used to have a crazy temper back in the day. <laughs>
0: Well, you used to have a really bad temper. I too. used to have Are a you? really bad one too. You were like a probably Mac- about Mac- the same time. Federer.
1: I was. I used to, you know, throw things and punt basketballs and stuff. Uh-huh. It was bad. Uh, Tim Brown and Michael Irvin had huge games. 150 yards each for those guys. Uh, three touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Week one. Yeah, week one. And uh, Eddie George had a huge day on the ground. Oh, Eddie George. 216 yards rushing as uh, Tennessee beat the Raiders back then.
0: He used to love Eddie George. I saw him on a plane. He w- he and I were on the same plane one time and he's his skin is so perfect. Yeah. And his like bald head is so perfect. Like all I wanted to do was like rub it, but I knew <laughs> that wasn't allowed.
1: <laughs> he just wanted to walk by and go, "Hi, Eddie George."
0: Yeah, and then just see how soft it was. I,
1: look, I totally buy that. Have
0: you ever met him?
1: Met Eddie George? Yeah, he's come in the studio before.
0: Have you ever wanted to touch his bald head? Um,
1: you know, I really I was a big fan of Eddie George. He won the Heisman trophy. Uh, back then, I liked Ohio State, not Michigan, which is kind of funny because I was wearing the shirt, but uh, in the rivalry, you had to choose, and I liked Ohio State, you know I, mean? I thought Eddie George was awesome, mm-hmm. and they, they had just a fun team, and um, I would never gotten the urge to touch his head. He does theater that now. That would have been he, the early
0: part. Po- I think he was the quarterback when my friend played for Tennessee in 2000, 2001. So was he still the quarterback in two thousand? He was a
1: running back. Eddie George?
0: Oh, sorry. Running back. Sorry. Uh, yeah, he
1: would have been the running back still in yeah, 2001. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, they played in the Super Bowl in uh, 2000, I guess. And then Rams. who would
0: have been the quarterback? Was that? Steve McNair? McNair? Yeah. Yeah. McNair. McNair. Oh, R.I.P. Another. I know, right? R. I.
1: P. Yeah. So ninety the ninety seven uh, football season, uh, your buddy Work done was rookie of the year that year. Actually, Barry Sanders MVP with Brett Favre, and the Broncos went on to win the Super Bowl. Okay, so the
0: Broncos with Elway. Yeah, in wow. nineteen
1: ninety seven. They would have beat the Packers that year, and then the next year they beat you guys.
0: Ninety eight, yeah. So,
1: movie the number one movie this week. This is why I got some stuff on this one. Number one movie this week was Demi Moore in G.I. Jane.
0: Oh, nice! Do you remember this movie? Oh, do I? Because my boyfriend Doug Gassett and I got in a huge fight because he was an Army ROTC, and Whoa. he was like, a woman would never be able to do that. And I was like, she literally trained with them for this movie, and she's doing it all on like she can do like. And now, women can do it and are part of those programs. That was one of my favorite roast jokes. <laughs> that was my intro for Demi Moore on the Bruce Willis Rose. She was in G.I. Jane, and G.I. hated it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, it's funny that you mentioned that. It is uh, generally regarded as a terrible movie. Yeah, It uh, won the Razzie for... Well, Ridley Scott was nominated for uh, Worst Director of that year for the Razzie Awards. And Demi Moore won, won the I, Razzie for worst actress that if year. If
0: that movie came out today, it would win so many awards. I think that movie um, is maybe just twenty just a, years ahead of time. Just a victim of, of when it was came out. Yeah. yeah? Oh, okay. I mean, it, it's this. I, is I like, gotta tell you, I've
1: never really seen it. I, I only really remember. This is this scene before where sexual she,
0: harassment, right? Like this is before Women's yeah, Lib. This is like before yeah. any of that stuff. This is stuff. before
1: Clinton and. Monica Lewinsky. What but we you know what about? movie
0: did do well? An indecent proposal. One where <laughs> she's like hookered off by her husband. Yeah. That movie. For like a million bucks. Told, they're like, what a beautiful film.
1: Yeah, probably that wouldn't get made today. Probably not.
0: But G.I. Jane should get remade again today. And I bet it would. I think it's just ahead of its time. I thought it was a great movie.
1: Really? So you liked it?
0: I love. I loved it.
1: Oh, okay, interesting. I love. So here's it. the uh, here's the description on also, IMDB. Also, I've
0: met so many women in the military, and. And women in the military, by the way, and anybody that doesn't believe this is um, obnoxious because they are so es- essential, especially in the Middle East, because uh, most of the women in the military that are on the front lines anyway, they speak like five languages mm-hmm. and they speak like like Pashto and like, like all these like different crazy Arabic languages. And they're able to get so much more intel because... These guys all have five wives (laughs) and these women know everything, but men can't talk to them. You can't even look at them. You'll see these, um, you know, like, you know, women with their noses cut off because they looked at another man, you know what I mean? Their husbands would like cut them off and stuff. And so so having women be able to go in and talk to these, to these women in the Middle East has like completely changed the, the, the atmosphere. So, yeah, I think that movie was ahead okay, of Okay, great.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you're right about that. Uh, the plot is uh, described as when a crusading chairperson of the military budget committee pressures the would-be Navy secretary to begin full gender integration of the service, he offers the chance for a test case for a female trainee in the U.S. Navy's elite SEAL CRT selection program. Lieutenant Jordan O'Neill, that's Demi Moore, given the assignment, but no one expects her to succeed in an inhumanely punishing regime that has a standard 60% dropout rate for men. However, she is determined to prove everyone wrong. Now, before the movie, Demi Moore and the rest of the main cast uh, endured a mini boot camp in Florida, which is where the movie was shot. Vito Mortensen, I guess he plays kind of the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Like, Drosa, is he, like, the in charge of the group or no. the unit or something, in I charge of training dr- them? I thought
0: he was just, like, a member of the team that was, like, constantly trying to get her to drop out, but maybe I'm oh, not. Oh, maybe.
1: Again, you would know. I, I've never seen it's it, It's been actually, a while since I've seen it. <laughs> Avino said prepared for his role on his own for several months, which kind of uh, pissed people just off. Just by yelling at his wife. <laughs> <laughs> he observed actual training at the naval base in Coronado and talked to many active and retired SEALs. Some of the other cast members with the exception of Demi Moore, were angry that he didn't go through what the others had gone through, and that's what he wanted. He wanted everyone to kind of not like him oh, that's good. going into the movie because, I meta. guess, yeah, he's kind of playing the bad guy. Uh, in reality, it took 19 more years to allow women as Navy SEALs. It took till to March of 2016. Women were able to start training with the Navy SEAL program. However, 99.9% of the women who enter it drop out.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think anyone's become a SEAL, but they've definitely become like Rangers and uh, SF. And I think uh, that movie came out around the time that uh, maybe that woman was suing to get into West Point. Might not have been then. It might have been after, but I just remember that being such a big deal to my boyfriend at the time who was in ROTC and like me thinking like, Well, who cares? Like, if they want to try and fail just like anybody else, like, who cares? Right. But if they can make it, like, why would, like, there's so many more things that, like, just because you're strong doesn't mean a woman doesn't have a different, like, a different thing that she can do, which, Mm -hmm. again, as we're seeing in the Middle East, is like, there's a whole other lane, you know? Yeah.
1: Uh, One of the rumors I thought was pretty funny uh, for some of the shoot, which took place in Richmond, Virginia, Demi Moore rented a mansion and had a support staff of three nannies, a cook, a trainer, a makeup artist, a hairdresser, even though she shaved her head, (laughs) and a personal assistant. Mm -hmm. Uh, Reportedly, her entourage was so large that two planes were required to take her to publicity appearances. Of course, all this is just rumor. I thought that was pretty funny. She has a hairstylist. With a shaved, head. I don't have a hairstylist, okay. Just just for comparison, like, yeah. I do all of this myself.
0: I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't doubt that about Demi, Demi, yeah, you know, yeah, um, it takes a village, sure,
1: yeah. yeah, I mean,
0: but I mean, I think if you're playing that role, that would be a little obnoxious. But, but Bruce is very much like that, you know, Ed Norton always told that story of like when they were filming, like um what was the the one with Bill Murray that w- uh Wes Anderson movie where Steve Zuzu or whatever that
1: oh yeah 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 the um, the submarine that one yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: and that like Bruce Willis just like they all like lived in a house together the whole cast and they like made their own dinners just to save money and like Bruce like rented a mansion and like a huge co- like yeah <laughs> uh, with drivers and then like came back and forth to sit <laughs> On his own and didn't hang
1: <laughs> <laughs> The Life Aquatic of Steve Zuzu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah that makes sense. I, I mean, mean, you get used to a certain lifestyle. Uh, you know, you just keep it going. Uh, like I said, Colossal Flop, uh, $50 million budget, only made $48 million. Uh, it's
0: not colossal. A $2 I mean, million dollar loss is not colossal. I guess.
1: I mean, I guess with a $50 billion budget, though, you'd like that movie to be a $100 million movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but it did have the top spot for two weeks. It went back to back. I mean, eleven million opening weekend, and then ten million after that. So it was the top spot this week in nineteen ninety seven. Okay, now this one is great. Mm-hmm. The number one song this week. Man, I wish we could really play music right now, but maybe I'll put a little.
0: You said that this is the greatest song of all time.
1: No, I think it's in the. It's in the greatest one of the greatest songs of the nineties.
0: Okay, what's the greatest song of all time?
1: The Greatest Song of All Time is Stairway to Heaven. Okay. 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 Uh, <laughs> what do you think The Greatest Song of All Time is? Or Let It Be? It's like one or the other.
0: Oh, I don't know. Probably. I, w- I don't think I would say either of those. I haven't ever thought about it.
1: You've never thought about what The Greatest Song no. of All Time is? You haven't? Why? <laughs> no.
0: I'd probably say like Digging Up Bones by Randy Travis. It's a great song. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably say like The Dance by Garth Brooks. Like, okay. Something like that. Okay. Great song.
1: Great song. Uh, na, 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 na. I wouldn't say the dance is as good as Mo Money, Mo Problems, though. <laughs> oh,
0: wow, yeah. Okay. That's Mo Money, point. Mo
1: Problems, number one this week in 1997, the second single off of the notorious B.I.G.'s album Life After Death, which was released after he passed away in March of that year. Oh, wow. Year. Uh, He was shot and killed outside the Peterson Automotive Museum
0: here in Los Angeles,
1: which I used to live next to, Um, which is, it's, uh, yeah, the video was directed by Hype Williams. If you haven't seen this music video, it is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Features Mace and Puff Daddy uh, in futuristic locations. Also, interspice throughout this video, Uh, Tiger Woods had just won the Masters that year. Uh, That was his first welcome to the world moment in 1997
0: and he ended up having mo money and mo problems
1: yeah 1000% and so uh puff daddy wins a huge golf tournament and mace is like the on field reporter and uh they ask him <laughs> they ask him what he's going to do and he's so happy and then mace goes well i guess mo money mo problems now and he's like puff's like yeah mo money mo problems but this video is crazy. These guys are wearing the shiny suits, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. was awesome. And like the goggles and they're in that like tunnel because with all the lights and the stuff. the
0: first song off that album was uh, Big Pop. Like they, that's why they call me.
1: That's on Big. his first album.
0: So what is the first song that he released? Uh, the-, the
1: first single on that is Hypnotize.
0: Oh.
1: Biggie, Biggie, Biggie. Okay. Yeah, can't, yeah. 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 And then the second song is... Uh, Mo Money, Mo Problems, oh, wow. but this video hits more because of the shiny suits and the tunnels with the lights. And
0: How do you decide as a record executive which one of those songs to release first? They're so good.
1: I don't know. Those are two of the I greatest know. rap songs ever. Yeah, I, I have no idea. But uh, it's just crazy because this was only on the number one for two weeks, and it actually replaced I'll Be Missing You, which oh. is, was Puff's song that um. he made after Biggie died. With Faith Evans, his ex-wife. And so that was, uh, there were only 10 songs that hit number one in 1997. So 10 songs out of 52 weeks, only 10 were number one. Wow! And Puff Daddy had a hand in four of them that year. 1997 really was the year of Puff Daddy. Uh, The previous 11 weeks before Mo Money, as I mentioned, was I'll Be Missing You. Um, I think 1997
0: is also when Yo! MTV Rap started.
1: Mm, no, Yo MTV Raps was early 90s with Ed Lover and uh, the original Dr. Dre.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. But MTV was still big back then. Oh, yeah, You better huge. believe it. MTV was still huge showing music videos. Yeah. And uh, that's why the song was so huge in the video itself. And then a couple weeks later, actually, Elton John's song, Candle in the Wind, held the top spot for the rest of the year, 12 straight weeks to close out in 97. Yeah, because so, because uh, Yeah, two... Two odes to people.
0: Wow. That's incredible. Were massive
1: hits. 23 of the 52 weeks. But um, Momoni Mo' Problem was so
0: hypnotized about Mother Teresa, maybe.
1: Great. Great point. Not yeah. sure. Let me, just let me get Puff on the phone. <laughs> I think I have a number for him. We'll see if it works. Your guy, like that, you change your number all the time, right?
0: As often as you change your name.
1: Ha! <laughs> well done. Thank you. That was pretty smooth. Uh, so this was voted by VH1 the number 63 song of the 1990s. Honestly, I can't think of a hundred, 62 better songs. I was gonna say yeah. Than Mo Money Mo Problems.
0: That's a pretty good song. You you ran, you like know so all the words to like Biggie songs.
1: I know a lot of words to a lot of songs.
0: <laughs> you do like whenever we're in the car you're yeah. all, it's like a 30 year old song and you just start singing along like you heard like you've been singing it all week and i'm like how do you remember like especially rap songs when you do that cuz i'm like I, know, I basically like know like the hook and that's about it
1: it's also weird to me like wait, what part of your brain like stores that information because as you've said and, and it's a running kind of gag for us now like oh 25 years i can't with but there are literally country songs that'll come on in the car that there's no way I've heard that. I think it's because in 25 years you
0: started, you read and consumed a lot of information about sports at a young age, and like cared about statistics and like numbers and stuff like that. And I think when you, the more you read, the better your memory is, and I think that has created this like rolodex. I think you're. But I think you do have an exceptional memory, and I think that...
1: I, I, I do believe that, but it's, it's just crazy to me that yeah. I can remember the, like these it random lyrics to dumb country songs. I don't songs. like it. Yeah, you don't like it. Yeah, so like I said, Puff had a hand in four of the top songs that year. Can't Nobody Hold Me Down, uh, Hypnotize When you Was a Producer, I'll Be Missing You, and Mo Money, Mo Problems. And then, like I said, Elton John closed out the year with Candle in the Wind. Yeah, so this was a uh, historic week. Two, two very tragic deaths. Uh, but there was some some good that, that went on in terms of uh, the Football League and National Football League going on. The and,
0: third historic deck was G.I. Jane <laughs> at the box office. <laughs>
1: maybe maybe I should watch G.I. Jane. I wonder you how should. I wonder how it holds up. Let's watch it. We're going to go watch G.I. Jane right now. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in this week, uh, this week in the 90s podcast episode five. Thank you very much. I'm Brockman. All right, we'll see you next week.
0: This week in the 90s podcast.